So we thank God for this opportunity to fellowship together. But can you stand on your feet for me together? Let's engage God, is that all right? Yes. So, so when Nana contacted me and said that you had been studying the Holy Spirit and you, you want to hear about being led by the Holy Spirit's teaching, right? But the Holy Spirit, as you probably have already heard, is the Spirit of God. So there was a time back in the Old Testament where he spoke through a very young prophet by the name of Joel. And so he started to talk to Joel about some of the things he wanted to do for his people, his people that had backslidden, his people that had had land and possessions taken from them. And God, because he's so merciful and he's so kind, he didn't allow them to stay without. He said, there's going to come a day where I'm going to restore everything that they've lost. Right? So if you can imagine everything that you've lost, some of the things that your grandparents have talked to you about, things that they had, things that they lost. Some of our families came from different continents and they, they're here, but they oftentimes will tell us things that they've lost, right? And so God was speaking through Joel about what he wanted to do for his people, how he wanted to restore them and how he wanted to make do on the promise that he had given them before the foundations of the world. And he said, and then after this, he said, I will pour out my spirit. That's God's spirit. I'm talking about the spirit of God that in Genesis 1, the Bible says that they breathed and breathed upon the earth and they formed and they made. It says the spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit is actually an architect of the earth in which we abide. That same spirit, can you believe it? That same spirit lives on the inside of you. So when he was prophesying to Joel, he said, I will pour out my spirit. Like a pitcher of water, he said he would pour it out upon all of us. And he said, not just there, the purpose of me pouring out my spirit is so that my sons and my daughters shall prophesy. And that old men shall what? Dream dreams and young men shall see vision. That means that God would not withhold any mystery from us. So can we just take a minute and just lift your hands and just lose yourself for a minute? I know that we're at a university, right? Just lose yourself for a minute and engage the Holy Spirit. It's a spirit that's holy. It's a spirit that's righteousness. It's a spirit that God has poured out on you already. But that spirit needs to be activated on the inside of you. And through that activation, he will then begin to lead and to guide you unto all truth. He will transform your life. He will intercept your destiny so that you can do what God originally ordained for you to do. That which is written in the volumes of the books concerning you. Your name, your middle name, your last name, all of that. Everything that he ordained for you. The blueprint of your life. It's all locked up. In heaven. It's all locked up in the mind of God. It's locked up in that place. Where is the spirit of the living God that will download it tonight in your spirit. 
that you can change and transform your community. That whatever God has called you to do in planet Earth, that you will do it, that you will finish it, that you will complete it. That whatever he's called you to study, tonight he is intercepting your destiny to ensure that you stay on the pathway that he's called for you. Just lift your hands and focus in on the spirit of God. And I need somebody to open up your mouth and just tell God thank you. Thank you for bringing me unto this day and allowing your spirit to dwell on the inside of me. Thank you, Father, for not allowing me to go astray, but I appreciate the fact that I now understand that it is the spirit of God that has been leading me all this while. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for not allowing me to die when the devil wanted to kill me. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching me how to study. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving me such a great mind and a soul and intellect that will change the landscape of the future of this nation. Thank you. Somebody just say thank you. Thank just you. open up your mouth and just tell them thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for bringing me to a time such as this. What you're doing, beloved, is you're praying. You're practicing the presence of God, and he's here. But you have to engage the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for choosing me to preserve and to bless my generation. Thank you. Thank you, Father, that one day I'll be a great mother. I'll be a great father. And I'll be as those of old that you said that my children shall rise up and call me blessed. Father, I thank you. I thank you. Now, I need somebody to go out on the edge tonight, and I want you to clap your hands and open up your mouth. Do it all at the same time and give God a shout. Put your hands together for my pastor. 
it's a blessing to see a man that is humble, that can take pictures and make sure you film and all of this, because normally when I travel, all of these things are in place, but we recognize that God is doing something amazing and new here at William and Mary, the College of William and Mary here in Williamsburg, Virginia, and spiritually, we want to make sure that it's documented as the men of old wrote on scrolls, amen? Amen. So can you clap for the team that came with us? These are all the young people that came through the ministry, right? They came in, some of them were cussing and fussing. It was rough. You know how it is. Some of y'all still did. Amen. But tonight's your night of deliverance, right? Tonight's your night of deliverance. It's okay. Because we understand that when Jesus turned to his father and said, I must do my father's business, to them, that was disrespectful, right? But did Joseph stop loving him? Absolutely not. He got the revelation. Look at somebody say he got the revelation. And so let me tell you, I don't know each of you by name, with the exception of Nana, my good friend Sabrina. Where's Sabrina? Hi, Sabrina. <laughs> I, I know you in the spirit, and I know that God wants to do something powerful in your life, or he would not have brought us all the way from Alexandria, Virginia. So are you ready? Are you sure you're ready tonight? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm a preacher of preachers, but I'm going to be nice tonight because I want you to have an experience that you've never had before. Amen? So you've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And I just want to know, what do you know about the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is powerful. Holy Spirit is a person. Holy Spirit is truth. Holy Spirit was there in the beginning. So they had a meeting. It was Jesus, the Son of God, the Father, Father and the Holy Spirit. They got together and they said, let's create something together that will one day represent who we are and why we exist. And that was you. Of course, they started with the land and they started with the sea and they started making man. And we know man messed up and they failed and all of that. But because of that, you exist. But the Holy Spirit was the architect of it all. The Holy Spirit was so powerful that the Holy Spirit didn't go up and sit in its room, but the Holy Spirit said, I must come and get involved and get engaged. And that engagement is the reason why you're sitting here tonight. Somebody say amen. amen. So I, I am an African-American preacher, so I believe in the call to response. So when I say amen, I need you to say amen. I'll come and put the mic to your face so you say amen. <laughs> amen. So I'm always excited about young people in college that want to serve God. Because it was in this place that I made a decision to serve the Lord. I made a decision. I made a decision that had to be made by fire. God had been calling me for years, but during my junior year, I came back home to Washington, D.C. to attend a homecoming at Howard University. How many of you have ever been downtown to Howard University? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All types of people have been there. Hallelujah. But Howard University is a historically black college and university. It's a great place to be, and I actually attended school in Virginia. So I'm going to to my parents. I told my friends we're going to go to D.C. and we're going to the homecoming. We're going to have a good time. And you all know what a good time is. Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> so uh, in doing that, I had um, 150 proof rum, about two bottles of it in the back of the car. 
I probably had two ounces of marijuana, you guys call it weed, in the car, <laughs> right? And I was driving. So coming down Georgia Avenue, which is the main fairway to Howard University, I ran a red light. I ran a red light. For urbanomics, it's called I popped the light. Red light, right? So I had three other people in the car with me, and another car hit me on the side, and my car went through the storefront of a window, the entire car. And not one glass was broken. And it was at that point that I realized that there was a spirit that was more powerful than the spirit that I had been engaging. I didn't know it was the spirit of God. I grew up in church where, you know, there was singing and there was dancing and there was preaching. And I knew that I felt some type of nudge, but it wasn't until that fire baptism. Somebody say fire baptism. Fire baptism. No, I want you to look at somebody and say fire baptism. Fire baptism. Yeah, because some, some of us come by divine. You know, it's great. We come in by the nice worship. And I feel the Lord pulling on my heart. And some of us come by fire. Because I did not have one broken bone. So when the firefighters came, they had to get me out of the car. The doors flew open. Unfortunately, fortunately, we had our seatbelts on, which was a blessing. But I heard a firefighter having a conversation with another firefighter. And he said, I don't know how they got around the light pole. Because there's a light pole directly in front of the store. And the way the car hit, something had to guide it. And the other firefighter said it was the angel of the Lord. There was a firefighter, a citizen of Washington, D.C., that said it was the angel of the Lord. So when I sat in the back of the ambulance, legs beaten up a little bit, I'm looking for this firefighter. Because I want to know, how do you know it was the angel of the Lord, and how do you know who the angel of the Lord is? But I quickly realized that there was a power that was superseding the power that I've been worshiping. There was a power beyond myself. There was a calling and a pulling of my life, my soul, and even the spirit that was active in me. And that was the spirit of God. So of course, the next, the next Sunday, the next day I landed you know, in church, my, my parents are trying to figure out how did I get all the way from Virginia to Washington, D.C. Needless to say, after all of my explaining, I didn't care what happened because I was happy to be alive. But what I realized is that the devil comes to do three things. And Jesus said this. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But then he says, but I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. So I had to have that encounter because of my behavior. I had to have that encounter, but somewhere in the recesses of heaven, God was standing looking over the blueprint of my life. And as he told the devil, when he came after Job, you can't take her life. And then the spirit of God began to move. So it was at that time that I said, I'm going to serve God for real. Now look at somebody and say, she's serving God for real. She's serving God for real. And I've been preaching the gospel ever since. Clap your hands for Jesus. Somebody under the sound of my voice is going to have that same testimony one day that I am serving God for real. Let it not be my fire baptism. 
Let it be by your own free will. Can we go through the word today? Mm. All right. So you've been studying on the Holy Spirit. And so the theme of today's message is how the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and how it can lead and guide you, right? So we all wanna be led and guided by something other than ourselves because left up to ourselves, we really don't know what we're doing. Left up to ourselves, most of us would have made another choice other than coming to William and Mary. We may have chosen a school down closer to the beach. We may have even chosen a school in New York City. I've been in New York City, NYU, it is on and popping, let me tell you. <laughs> Some of us would have maybe chosen a school in Florida. I'm gonna say that intellectually, not Florida, but Florida. Why? Because it's probably about 85 degrees right now. But for some reason, you find yourself here at William & Mary, in the company and gathered with those that are just like you, seeking, wanting to be led and guided unto all truth. What that is, is that you want to be able to prophesy to yourself and say, this is the next step, and yes, you're right. You want to be able to prophesy to yourself and say, no, I shouldn't go there, that's not the right relationship. That's what you want to be able to do. You want to be able to set some boundaries that will have a positive outcome. And you want to be led and guided by the Holy Spirit. You want the spirit that dwells on the inside of you to take over. You want him to take over all the vain imaginations, all the crazy thoughts. You want him to take over the thought that you might be having about the person that lives down the hall from you or the person that sits in seat number 183. He's real fine, right? You, you want the Holy Spirit to take over that thought. You want the Holy Spirit to take over the thought that you had about taking your life. You want the Holy Spirit to take over the thought that you had about illicit things. You want the Holy Spirit to take over. Can I tell you that's what he's here for? He dwells in you to lead and to guide you unto all truth. But let me talk tonight about what was in the mind of Jesus Christ when he originally introduced the coming of the Holy Spirit and the purpose of the Holy Spirit to his disciples. And that's in John chapter number 16. I'm going to read through it, and then we're going to talk a little bit about it. John chapter 16 says, these things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. What a way to start off a conversation. <laughs> they shall put you out of the synagogues, yea, the time cometh, that whosoever killeth you will think they doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not to you at the beginning because I was with you. And then he says in verse number 13, he said, How be it he, the spirit of truth, is come. He will guide unto you, he will guide you unto all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, he shall hear that he shall speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. So he starts off having a conversation with the disciples. You know how they just you sit around and just talk or chop it up, whatever you guys say in your generation, right? <laughs> so he's having a conversation with them. He's just talked to them about, I am the vine and you are the branches. So they said, we got that. It's an analogy. What's the parable? It's an analogy. We understand we have to stay connected, Jesus. We're cool. 
They've already brought him to his ministry. Signs and wonders, you are Jesus, right? And then all of a sudden, you guys don't mind I'm preaching in my slippers, right? Because I don't even know where my shoes are. <laughs> I just looked at I don't know where my shoes are, but this, they cute, they're mink, they're cool, right? <laughs> you realize how my slippers are. So, so then he switches the conversation, right? So my husband and I, we, we, do, we teach leadership. That's what we do, leadership development. And um, I always talk to people about communication because sometimes you can communicate and you've gone to a totally different topic. And people think you're crazy. So what we do is we say, change lanes or put your blinker on. Let people know you're changing lanes. When you're putting, when you're changing lanes, you put your blinker on. So I'm gonna change lanes. That's what Jesus did. He talks to them about staying connected. Don't leave me. Stay connected to me. I am the vine, you are the branches. You will bear much fruit, and then, you, then I'm gonna start pruning you, right? They got it, it was an analogy, right? Now all of a sudden he's changing lanes. He starts talking about a shift. And the shift that's going to take place starts in verse number one. He said, these things I spoke unto you that you should not be offended. You never start off a conversation by apologizing. You never start off a conversation by saying, listen, what I'm getting ready to say to you might hurt you. Like when I was growing up, my parents used to say, this is gonna hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. After the third time, I said, you are lying. <laughs> <laughs> because nothing about this seems to be hurting you is only hurting me. But what they're doing is setting the stage so that there's a lesson that you learn so you prepare yourself. So when he says, I'm saying these things for you, that you should not be offended, now all the disciples are bracing themselves. Because this is going to be a hard conversation. Then he says, listen, they're going to put you out of church. And then they're going to take a contract out of your life. They're going to kill you. But I'm saying all these things to you so you don't get offended. And then he says, there's going to come a time where I must go unto the Father. Then he said, you don't even ask me where I'm going. Now everybody's sad. He told them, I'm saying all these things to you, but don't be offended. Don't be offended. Just hold on. I'm leaving. You didn't even ask me where I'm going, but now you're sad. Because in their infinite minds, in their carnal minds, they're thinking that he's probably going to go on a sabbatical as a rabbi. They're thinking that he's just going to go across the river. They're thinking, oh, you're just going to Alabama, you'll be back. They're thinking, oh no, this is just spring break, we'll come back after a week or two. Oh, it's Christmas, I'm going home, I'm coming back. No, 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 no. They want to know. Where are you going? He said, you got real sad. You never asked me where I'm going. So Jesus said, well, I guess they don't quite understand that. He said, but if I don't go, there's a comforter that will not come. But I have to go so that the comforter can come. So now Jesus is trying to explain to them what the shift is going to be. We don't like change. Nobody likes change. It took you three years 
just to get used to going from one end of the campus to the other, and now you have to think about graduate school. <laughs> it took you three years just to get three people to talk to you in a class of 125, and now it's over. Yeah. It took you the entire semester to understand the accent, and now you have to go. Now you have to go. Jesus said, I must go so the comforter can come. And then he said something so powerful in verse number 13. He said that when the comforter comes, he will lead and guide you unto all truth. And he will tell you things to come. So now they're trying to figure out, well, who is this comforter? Is this his replacement? Is this his substitute? And where is he coming from? But we don't get the fullness of it until he goes. We don't get the fullness of it until the book of Acts. Where everybody, about 50, just like what's in this room, they're all sitting around and Jesus said that we have to wait. So then he starts to explain what this comforter should do. The comforter will teach you all truth. In other words, you can believe what is written in the scrolls. When you show up during Passover and you go in to pray, you can believe what's written. Look at somebody and say, believe it. Believe it. Believe it. Believe it what's believe. written. And then he says, he will show you things to come. How many people in this room really want God to show you things to come? Should I go to graduate school? Or should I just go live in Israel and do research? Should I stay in Williamsburg? Or should I move to Spain? Ooh, stop. Because they're fine men there. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will then search your heart. He will excavate your heart. He'll carve out your heart. So that the steps that you take align with things that are to come. I've been where you are. I've sat in the seat where you are. Well, you want to know what's next. Is this the right major? Should I really be studying this at this time? Is this the right girl? Is this the right guy? Because I know you're thinking about all of that. Should I just leave everything and do what I'm really passionate about? Let's talk about passion. Who put the passion there? The Holy Spirit. God ordained it. The Holy Spirit keeps it active. You have this gift that you're not even telling anybody about. That's my plan B. But it keeps gnawing at you. He will lead and guide you to all truth. That is the leading and the guiding. The Holy Spirit gnawing at you. Everybody has a passion. That is why the Holy Spirit is also called fire. Because the passion burns so deep in you that you know that this is what you were born to do. This is beyond a calling. It's a passion. That when all else fails, this is what I will do. Everybody has it. Everybody under the sound of my voice has the passion. You have the spirit of God on the inside of you. 
But if you don't engage it, you'll never walk the pathway God ordained for you. How do you engage it? Number one, we had an exercise. What you were doing is you were lifting up a prayer of thanksgiving unto God. Let him know that you're grateful that he drew you in and allowed you to be in alignment so he can pour his spirit on you. Let him know that you appreciate the fact that you had an ear to hear because he doesn't speak of himself, he speaks of what the Father tells him. And whatever the Father is telling him, you can confirm it in the word of God. So when you pray and you speak the word of God into the atmosphere, you are prophesying to yourself. When you hear the word of God and you speak it out again, you're prophesying. That is the Holy Spirit showing you things to come. There's no hocus pocus about this, beloved. It is plain and simple. He will lead and he will guide you unto all truth. Now I want to talk about my friend Paul. Paul said the other day that I need to go to Ephesus and then from Ephesus I need to go to Jerusalem. So we know what happened in Ephesus. Paul was a dangerous man because he was led by the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Holy Spirit even unto his own death. He said, I must go to Rome. When you are led by the Holy Spirit, the things that you will do outside of your comfort zone that have all to do with your destiny and purpose. Somebody say, Holy Spirit. Lead me, Holy Spirit. Somebody say, lead me, Holy Spirit. I want you to practice this. Because when man's will, when your own will takes over the will of God, God sits back and folds his arms. Because he's giving you that will knowing that the Holy Spirit is there speaking to you and you should obey. Somebody say, lead me, Holy Spirit. So in the book of Acts, chapter number 20, and then I'm going to end here, and we're going to lift up worship and engage the Holy Spirit in a manner we've never engaged him before. Does that sound all right? Amen, amen, amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. So he says in Acts chapter 20, starting at verse number 20, he says, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. He's talking to the Ephesians. He said, but have showed you and have taught you publicly from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, somebody say it now. Amen. Behold, I go bound by the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Verse 23 says, save the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Somebody say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit witnesses in every city saying bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me. It was very shocking that he would say that. It was very shocking that he would say it doesn't matter to me that bonds and afflictions wait for me. He said, neither I count my life dear unto me so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry, which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ to testify of the gospel of the grace of Jesus. 
He said that I might finish my course. So what Paul is saying is that the Ephesians are asking him to stay. They're saying stay. We know that the Holy Spirit led you here. Stay. He's saying no. I need to leave. I, got, I need to go to Jerusalem. I got a party to go to. I need to meet my family. I have to honor the Lord. Right? And so then they say, well, why? Why, why are you going? He said, listen, I am going bound by the Spirit. That's what that burn in your belly is all about. That's what wakes you up at night. You say, wait a minute. I need to change this major. This is not what God has called me to. That's what makes you cut off relationships suddenly and say, sorry. You don't go to InterVarsity with me. You don't. It's not, it's not working. Not working. That's what makes you say, I want more. It's the Holy Spirit. Somebody say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So then he says, he says, I am bound by the Spirit. He said, I don't even know where I'm going next. It is this spirit that moves me. It moves me so much that it literally tells me that bonds and affliction is what's ahead of me. It tells me you go to this province, you'll be beat. It tells me you go to this province, you'll be in chains and shackles. He went to Rome knowing that that's where he could potentially die. He said, but I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. Somebody say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. He said, but none of these things move me. You see, the Holy Spirit is so powerful that it has the strength and the consistency and the tenacity of God. That's where it comes from. And he says that it is the Spirit of God that's telling me that bonds and afflictions. If I tell you we're all going to Virginia Beach right now, let's get in a bus and all of you will drown in the sea. You'll say, you're crazy, I'm not going. He said, but none of these things move me. What is it that is speaking to you that is keeping you steadfast and unmovable? What is the thing that if they take everything else away, that one thing, you have to keep it because you know it comes from God. You know that it is the earmark and the craftiness of God. None of these things move me. He said, because I must finish my course. That is the truth. All standing. The truth is, you can stand. The truth is this, the leading and guiding that you need must be engaged. The leading and guiding that you've been praying for, that you've been believing for, the questions that you have, am I in the right place? Is this the right relationship? Am I in the right position? The questions that you have, what's next? Somebody say, what's next? What's next? That desire for more. The truth was this. He said that I might finish my course with joy. You see, him having the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit 
was able to override any gesture or any plan or any inclination of pain. It was able to override all confusion. Listen, God, I don't know what you're doing. I remember walking down to the finance office, and those that are playing the, the instruments, you can come now. I remember and when I was on campus, I had to walk down to the finance office. And what was interesting was that, what I didn't know is that my mother's loan was denied. That's what I didn't know. But I knew something was wrong, because anytime the finance office call you, it's a problem. Somebody knows what I'm saying. Just say amen. Everybody just smile at me. <laughs> when the finance office calls you, or you get a letter under your door, you know something wrong. I wasn't on 100% scholarship, amen? So I was walking down to the finance office, but I was singing songs of praise. Because there was something in me where I knew that everything was going to be all right. Where I knew that beyond the shadow of a doubt, that the spirit that's on the inside of me was so powerful that God himself would work it out. God did not come from his throne. Jesus didn't come from his place of advocacy. Sit down in my dorm room and say, you're going to walk down to the finance office. They're going to tell you that you have a deficit of $2,500. And then they're going to give you five days to pack your stuff and leave school. And then I'm going to make it all right, day number three. And you're going to go on a fast and believe God. You're going to cry a little bit, but know everything is going to be okay. He didn't do that. You know who the witness was? The witness was the Holy Spirit. Somebody say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Listen. God has called this campus to greater and to more. There's a fire that needs to come from this campus. And it's the fire of the Holy Spirit. What it will do is change the trajectory of all of those children that are living below the poverty level in Richmond. You see, when your hands go to the plow, something as powerful and needy as that, you need the Holy Spirit. Somebody say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Now, whoever decided that we're going to go and impact two-thirds or three-quarters of the children in Richmond because they're living below the poverty line, that is not something that you come up with because of your intellect. That is the Holy Spirit. Somebody say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit of God speaking to one person to change the destiny of over 11,000 children. Somebody say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. That's the practicality of it. All it takes is one. All it takes is one catalyst that has the Holy Spirit on the inside of them that may seem like someone that's very strange, that's taking a risk. But these are the things that God is calling this generation to do. These are the things that God is calling the young people at this university to do. The truth is, he said that I came to set the captives free. He said that you should live life and live it more abundantly. He poured out on his spirit, of his spirit on you, so that you can dream dreams and see visions. Visions that your family members have never seen before. Visions that will impact and change your entire generation. Somebody say Holy Spirit. Holy that is what the Holy Spirit should do. Beloved, whatever is gnawing in your spirit,
journal on page number 49 that you won't tell anybody. Whatever you've written in that business plan as though you did it for your class, but that's really your business plan. The mission strip that you have transcribed on your heart, that you're saying, I don't have enough money, I don't even have enough people, look around you. Somebody say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Beloved, it is time for your generation to know who you are. It's time for your generation to know that there is a spirit in man that, that was the best counsel anyone could have ever gave Job. There's a spirit in man that can change the landscape of this nation. Somebody say, Holy Spirit. There's a spirit in man that can research the cure to a prevailing disease called cancer. That is sitting in this room tonight. Somebody say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So I just came to stir you up. There's another, the next level of the Bill Gates sitting below the sound of my voice. Somebody say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. It is not by might. It is not by power. But it's by his spirit. The spirit of God is here tonight because you're here. But it must be activated that everybody you meet, their life will change. That everyone you come into contact with, they will never be the same. Jesus in the book of Luke chapter number four, four you all can play softly. Jesus in the book of Luke chapter number four, he changed the game of how they looked at him. Let me tell you how he did it. He walked into the synagogue on the day that all the rabbis were gathered and they were reading from the books. Somebody say the books. The reason why I'm giving you scripture because I'm prophesying to you. And I'm prophesying to you because you need to understand how this is activated. How he leads and guides you unto all truth. So Jesus is seen as a rabbi. Healed a little. Laid hands a little. But he's still rabbi. He's a very unique rabbi. The Bible says that he walks into the synagogue and somebody gives him a book. He reads from the book of Isaiah. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the gospel. So the reason why they weren't moved by that was because it was really written. Somebody say it's written. It's written. But as soon as he took a seat and said, for this is the acceptable year of the Lord. That's when the reading of the book, the reading of the truth turned into prophecy. Because when he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me and it is fulfilled in your ears today, this is the acceptable year of the Lord, he injected himself in the book. Somebody say prophesy. prophesy. Listen. 
Men of old, men of young, women of old, women of young, everybody under the sound of your voice, under the sound of my voice, I prophesy. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel, to bring good tidings, to heal the sick, to bring deliverance. I'm prophesying to you that it is fulfilled today. Somebody say today. today. In your ears. For he will not speak of himself, but only that in which we, he, which he hears, that which is written. said it is not by might it's not by power but it's by your spirit so here we see Jesus has now interjected himself in the book and he's prophesying and he sits and everybody rises and says oh wait a minute shall the rabbi prophesy is the rabbi among the prophets? Is this the spirit of Elijah? Yes. Is this the spirit of Moses? Yes. Because he's here. Lift your hands all over the building. He's here. And it's time for you to prophesy. Somebody say prophesy. Prophesy. It's time for you to prophesy. Somebody say prophesy. Because God wants to give you and download the mystery of the things to come. What's my next move, Lord? Is this the right major? Is this the right relationship? Was that really you that said I should take that mission trip? Was that really you that said this business plan would change the landscape of my family? Was that you that said I should go into full-time ministry? Was that you? Was that you, you that showed me houses and land? Was that you? Was that you showing me children fed and children delivered and families saved and set free? Was that you, God? Somebody say prophesy. 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 It is not by might. It is not by power. But it's by your spirit, Lord. Lift your hands all over the building and worship with us tonight. 